Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. I don't know what it is about this time of year, but I get in ideation mode about all the things I want to do differently to my home. Same. I also thought you were going to say I get depressed (laughs) because it's winter. (laughs) I was like, same girl, but seriously, same. I was sitting here this weekend and I forced myself to do a paint by numbers instead of painting a room in my house. Oh, well, I mean, good for you because I would have thought about painting the room. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting to me, you know, when we moved in two years ago, we did a bunch of renovations in the first 90 days. And then we both remembered and still had scars from when we had renovated our first house and we lived in a renovation for nine months and we both swore we could never do that again. And so part of it was truly like, let's get through the thick of this so that we don't have to live in drywall dust and like construction crap everywhere all the time. And so I think we're now both finally to the point where we're like, okay, one project or one room at a time, we can like check stuff off. Yeah. But trying to figure out what to do next when we have conflicting priorities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's complicated. How's your library room coming? Well, so, so to combat that, I typically make a list. I make a Google doc of like all of the things that I want to do. And then I kind of start to categorize them and do, I think we could do these this year. And then if so, like which one truly seems the funnest to start. And then we kind of go through there because some of the things is more like obviously budget constraints or like, but a lot of it is how much time do I want to dedicate to getting this thing done? So sometimes it's just like, I need to see it done today. So like, we're going to do a quick deck project. Sometimes it's going to take like weeks or months to finish. And am I ready to emotionally commit to that? Yes, no. So I have to kind of check in. The library hasn't even started because it is one of those, like, it's going to take a very long time to finish. And there's a lot that we also, like, I don't know how to do parts of it. And so I'm still kind of like 
researching and asking questions, I'm definitely going to get our dads to help, but it's going to be one of those, like, in order to even start, we're going to be spending so much money on all the supplies. And so I think I'm just hesitant there because my, what's it called? My hyper-focus on something, like I am someone who come hell or high water, if I start a project like that, I want to get and see as much progress as I can in as quick as time as possible. And so I will absolutely like stay up all night, wake up really early, do literally nothing else but that thing. And so I'm not, I don't think I'm yeah. emotionally ready for that yet. That, uh, that particular project to do that, A, you'd probably need at least a week and two, you would need so much pre-planning to execute it that quickly. Right, right, right. And I know now, I know now that the more time I spend pre-planning, the faster it will go. It'll go so much faster. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah. And a lot of it's cabinetry. We want to put a library-esque, definitely not as big a wall as what you're talking about, upstairs. And I keep hoping that Jared's dad needs a project <laughs> and he just keeps deciding to spend more time with his grandbaby and which silly, was silly silly <laughs> but I'm hopeful maybe this winter but that's not necessarily my priority my priority is I want a new dining table which by default means new chairs which also means a new potentially buffet yeah. because the what the dining table I want wouldn't go with the buffet I have even though I love the buffet I have and then there's three light fixtures that are like the most important light fixtures in the whole house that we haven't changed because mm-hmm. we need scaffolding to put them up yeah but we haven't purchased them because because I wanted to be sure what table we were going to have yeah and it's like this cascading effect of what is ultimately where do you need many to start? thousands of dollars and where do we start? And then Jared's priority, which I can't blame him. It would probably have a much bigger impact on our life, but he wants to do more garage stuff. Like he wants to get the floors done, which I do too. Cause they are like, I want to the point they're done. chipping up yep, and like ours. it needs addressed. I'm like, well, as much as I don't want to do like a whole tool thing, like let's do the floors. It's too cold to do it now though. So you've got to pick a different project. Well, so I'm like, can we do my projects and then we'll do that one in the spring? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I want to do that like texture garage floor situation, whatever it's called. Yeah. I think most of them are some kind of epoxy that has like a grit in it. Yeah. Some kind, but whether we are you going to do it yourself or hire it out? I mean, I think there's enough issues with the four. We mm. probably should hire it done. If it was just doing the like finish, I would be for that. But there's so many cracks and things oh, that I want to like sure. make sure there's not like actual issues. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Ours just needs literally painted. No, if that was all it was, I'd be all for it. But I'm like, I might do Is that. there any structural issues? Like, right. Are right. we going to have problems with the floor in five years? Like, sure, I don't know. Sure. Look at Well, that. great job brainstorming problems because that's what we're going to talk about today. 
Okay. (laughs) If you haven't gone back and listened to the episode before the 699, talking about the four types of problem solvers that your team needs, I would start there first. Go listen to that one. And you can jump like 20 minutes in if you you don't. You can skip the Love is Blind recap if you want. But I feel like it's great. So maybe don't, but you could skip ahead 20 minutes. This conversation is going to give you ideas and answer the question to how do I encourage my team to be problem solvers? Because what I left us off with was the concept that innately, not just us, but everyone encourages good behavior and doing your job well and getting it done efficiently. And what's the number one thing to stop efficiencies? It's to identify problems and try to correct something or fix something or create a solution mid project. It's going to slow you down. Well, and that's the one thing I wanted to talk about before we even jump into it is yeah. like, I truly think your biggest resistance, cause I'm already having it right now, like in yeah. this moment yeah, is that while you see as the CEO, you are going to see the value of doing all of these things. You're immediately going to think about all the consequences, mostly of your team's time and wonder when the you're going to do this because you likely you built your company knowing what are people's capacity based on them consistently being able to deliver on certain Mm -hmm. kind of tasks. Mm -hmm. And something like this, I'm not going to say it would derail those things, but it would definitely slow down everything amongst your company because you would have to switch gears and change priorities. So Let's talk about it. I know you're probably feeling a little resistant. I am right now. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Okay. So I want to start at the top about, so you know, the company 3M that makes like all the command strips and the all the things. So they have this concept and it's categorized under corporate America's most underrated innovation strategy. And so what I like to do, I do want to preface this. What I like to do is steal ideas from corporate America and tweak them for our business or smaller businesses that are in a more ethical practice, in a more realistic standard for teams and companies of our size. So I have some ideas at the end of this that we're going to brainstorm through, but it starts here. It starts really high level, and then I like to kind of narrow it down. So corporate America's most underrated innovation strategy. So 3M makes problem finding a component of every employee's job description by delegating responsibility, encouraging considerable tolerance of mistakes, and ensuring that at least 30% of each division's revenue, so each department's revenue, comes from products introduced from the last four years, which encourages innovation. But they have what they call the 15% rule. And Google has a similar approach. They call it their 20% time. It's not hard, like set in stone. But the concept is 3M employees devote 15% of their time to experimental doodling or work on pet projects. The philosophy has lasted more than 70 years. Masking tape, multi-layer optical film on laptops and smartphones, and the trusty post-it note owed their existence to this rule. Quote, I discourage my managers from trying to manage, measure, or monitor 15% of the time. We build the culture around encouraging it. So I I heard this. It's so funny you bring this up. I heard this exact stat last week and I've been (laughs) stashing this conversation until we did 2023 planning because I was like, what they're saying is 
if we're talking 15 to 20%, that is a whole work day. That's a day. That's a whole work day. And I had already been thinking about what would it look like? Because we, we've talked about a four-day work week. But what would it look like to have a four-day like standard work, uh-huh. like the normal work, uh-huh. and then a day of play, a day of like innovation. innovation? I was thinking this too because so Caitlin gave this idea in a coaching session recently where someone was like, you know, I feel creatively blocked or I'm stuck or like I'm just doing client work and I'm not thinking about the future growth of my business. And her idea was semi-related, but helpful for this client. Kate said, well, when I was in business, I would allow myself like a half day or a day or four hours on one day or whatever to literally just play. And like for her, it was like some calligraphy and some design. And like, I'm not trying to make anything. I'm literally just playing. And what can stem from that? Is it a new idea? Is it a new technique? Is it just creative fuel? And then the next morning you're like, ding dong, I have this new idea. You don't know how the magic of creativity works. And so our client took that idea, ran with it and had a whole day. And out from that came some really incredible work that she could use for a client or just have a new skill, a new style of work. And I loved it. I saw a similar thought that came up with an artist and part of her work. Now, granted, we're talking about she's at this point, I would probably consider an illustrator, but she studied fine art. And she did the very traditional approach that most foreign artists go through where they go to class and like they have a set curriculum, even in fine art school, like, yes, you have a set curriculum. And so you get an idea in your head of like what an artist is supposed to be like and how you're supposed to perform at certain things. And there is a bit of a stigma that like the foundations of all good art come from drawing and painting. And she actually was pretty damn good at it, but she just always felt like her work wasn't hers. Like she was always living up to like the standard of what I'm supposed to be doing in this role. But then the funny thing is in her free time, i.e. playtime, she was doing all these things that she considered crafts. And a lot of that involved collage and like making cards and all this stuff. Well, years went by and she finally identified the reason I don't feel fulfilled over here or feel like this stuff isn't me is I'm not actually performing in the medium that like makes sense for me. And so she transformed her work into like this combination. It's still drawing and painting, but it's also stamping and collage and like multimedia and like her work is whimsical and playful and creative. And you could literally see her transform of like, she was trying to be like someone versus fully being herself. And a good example of it is if you were looking at realism versus abstract art, like drawing a car in realism versus drawing a car, just almost in a childlike way where you're just kind of giving gestural lines to it. But I feel like the same thing is true for us as small business owners. Like we have to stop like living in the box that we have to 
look a certain way or perform a certain way or run our company a certain way to live up to these standards. And I really like the idea of including play, but it feels like a gamble from a business perspective because you're like, uh, would you the- love to have invented post-it notes? Yeah. You're like, where's the ROI? And then you're like, <laughs> right. stuff like this and you're like, Oh, so maybe, oh, got so maybe it. I should give my team a little bit more time. Got it. Got it. So finishing up from the 3M story, and then I have seven ideas that I want us to kind of talk through. So having given employees that level of freedom, meaning a whole freaking workday, 3M can then explicitly reward problem solving in a number of ways. And this was really interesting to me. Do I think our team is big enough for this? Absolutely not. But I, I still think that there's something that we can take from this. So they have a concept called the dual ladder system. It's a system of advancement that allows employees to choose one of two parallel ladders on which to progress their careers, both with equal pay and benefits. So they're valued the same. One side, which is responsible for advancing science and products, and the other side for managing people. This incentivizes employees to direct their talent where they can do the most good and removes disincentives, bright researchers may have about stepping away from science and it avoids bright researchers from turning into bad managers. Which honestly is essential. It's Uh honestly essential. It's so unfortunate. And this is just a frustrating thing of like watching it happen other places, but I've watched so many companies take really talented people and because they're the best at their role, they stick them in the management position to try to manage the other people, but really they should be continuing to do their role, but they should be compensated. Like you're saying, yes. like the manager, because yes. they're best at their role, yes. but they don't need the distraction of all the management duties because management's fucking hard. And it's, it's a full time job. So hard. It's so, so hard. hard. And I hate it. I literally hate it so much. Okay. So another thing that I thought was really cool before we get into the seven. So we talk about our business values a lot. I also want to, come up with in our planning sessions this year to come up with a business motto because I think your motto can subconsciously remind your team how they go about doing business, right? So this one was, there's this company, I think it was an airline company. Oh, it was a, no, it's a large engineering company in the airline industry. They were having a difficult time finding new products and markets to grow. So then they did some training sessions to familiarize employees with the innovation process. Not a single person was a generator. Not a single person on their entire team was a generator. This was reflected in the corporate motto, we're on it. That was their motto. So we're on it is a great motto. However, it rewards taking action to fix short-term problems. So you need to make, if you're going to put a motto in place, put it in your weak spot, not the best spot. Yes. So to rectify the situation, the company instituted a brand new reward system that encouraged employees to create new product or ideas. And this one I, I found really cool. Again, doesn't fully apply to us, but you can take something from it. In this system, 100% of all projects that fell under these categories, so new product or market ideas, were funded by the head of office. Prior to this, business units had to use their own budgets. So like, you know how divisions and departments and bigger corporations have their own budget for every year? Yeah, no, no, no. I I get they're trying to make it so that, because I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but you can end up wasting a lot of money in innovation and experimental phases. And so, especially if you're trying to protect your budget, I, from a departmental standpoint, I could see why 
where you would cut a new idea that's not vetted before just maintaining because it's going to take more money. But if you have it supported in another way that that could be really powerful. I definitely think in a small business, that's a harder concept to institutionalize because typically for sure, at least not initially, you're not giving your, however, I do think that there are simple ways that we've even done that where we've brought in, you know, with leadership team and specifically Caitlin, who's such a great, like conceptualizer and optimizer going back to our last episode there have absolutely been ideas and strategies brought to the table that if we were to run with that, it would mean saying no to this or restructuring the calendar here. And we've done those things. And so I think for our business, it's not necessarily about reallocating funds, but it's about like, yeah, let's fully commit to this way of doing it, which will mean these other things. And we're okay with that. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important, I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And sometimes it's not necessarily about the dollars, but it's sacrificing the time in a different area or putting another project on pause because it doesn't necessarily always work out in the same way when you have such a small team that's in charge of all aspects. Okay. So I want to run through this list. We can chat at each of them for a couple minutes. There's seven though. So first and foremost, so basically the concept is like, How can you start to encourage creativity and problem solving, actively seeking problems? Because that's the key with problem solving. Implementers can be good problem solvers with a problem that already exists, right? But 
actively seeking new problems, problems of your customer, predicting them, coming up with an idea for a solution that's innovative to solve that problem, that is next level that I'm talking about. So first and foremost, this starts at the hiring process. And I think you and I have gotten so much better at vetting problem solvers or how people tackle things in the hiring process Know that this is a learning curve, but there are absolute strategies that I would love to walk you through if you're looking to hire next year that you can set people up for success or failure because it doesn't matter by phrasing certain questions, giving certain test projects. Yeah, the test project is essential to this, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. essential to this. Yeah. Because you can ultimately vet for not only skill, but how do they react without so much guidance or management, which is a big key here of like, if you want someone to be, because I think people say, oh, I don't necessarily want to identify more problems because I don't have time to like work with more problems. But you do want someone who's resourceful and so like can handle some self-management of like when things pop up, that they're not always asking you for feedback to move things forward. And so that's still something you have to hire for. Okay, so the second thing, and quite potentially the hardest thing, especially as the founder and CEO, the second most important factor of establishing problem solving skills is trusting your team. Girl, I trust come a long them to way. get the job done. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's if you're constantly micromanaging, they will absolutely be dependent on your instruction and guidance and will not think outside of the box to solve it in a way that you maybe wouldn't have come up with. So giving them space, backing off, allowing them to find the solutions to the problems on their own. Well, and this goes back to a recent episode we had with Abby Ashley, where she specifically said, like, rather than always trying to give your team a solution or even like walk them through next steps, stopping and posing a question back to them of what do you suggest we do here? And I think that can be a really powerful way of like, especially if you're still working on trusting your team, the mistake I see people making is they're like, okay, well, I need to trust my team. So I need them to, I'm just going to like, let them do this thing and I'm going to walk away. And it's like, no, like you have to slowly relinquish, you know, responsibility. And so initially it's, let them come up with the idea, but you are hearing all of their thoughts and walking through their thoughts on the solution and how they plan to fully vet it out. And then you're interjecting ideas and you're walking them through. And then the next time they maybe get an 80% there, 90% there. And, but you don't just go in blindly like, oh, I'm going to trust my team. So I'm just going to let them do this whole task on their own. Well, and I think that there's a difference, at least how my brain kind of categorizes this. There's the what's needed for everyday running of the business and what you need, right? I feel like having a stronger or more input into those conversations. What I'm talking about are those post-it note ideas, the things that like giving them space to trust them and come up with something, create a plan, present the plan, et cetera. It's like the cherry on top. It's not the necessary components of the day-to-day business. That to me is proper delegation, management, and training. These are like next level, like problems. This makes me think of like, okay, so one of the things we do really early on when we have someone start is we have them do kind of like 
what do we call it? I don't remember the exact term, but we have them essentially do a project very much at the beginning that's completely conceptual. There's no oh, yeah. plan to implement it. What, what do we call that? Because it's after they're hired. Right. Anyway, but my thought, because at this point we have a, a really solid team that, you know, I think is going to stick around a while, but I'm wondering if maybe we do like a quarterly challenge and they have to like present this like once a quarter and they have time to work on their own project independently. Anyway, go ahead. Well, it goes great into the next concept. And I think the next concept can be used more throughout your day to day, but I think that that in a project base can be helpful. So this one is give them goals, not instructions. So for example, instead of directing a sequence of steps to follow, lead a marketing team member with something like, I'd like to see a 10% higher conversion rate. Can you make that happen? And trusting them. But like, I even feel like even with our own organization, like, yes, we don't have a ton of people. We don't, whatever, whatever. We have implementers and people sit in multiple seats and it's hybrid roles everywhere within our company. And there's still good ideas to be had from everyone. And so even if it's not like, this is a problem right now that I need to fix and I'm going to rely on you to come up with a solution. This is instead like, I would love to hear your take if this were your problem to solve. Yeah. And even opening it up to things like you're saying that are kind of outside of their, in of like their department altogether. Because same is true. I happened to bring up something in a one-on-one and I got some great, I need to actually talk to you about it. I got some great feedback from someone who's not normally in a department. And I was like, oh, like I forget that other team members have thoughts and ideas, <laughs> which sounds yeah. so stupid. Like you have thoughts and ideas. Right. Right. Why don't you let your right. team have thoughts and ideas around the whole company too? Yeah. Like give them the space for it. Okay. So the next one is a two part because I'm going to tell you what the step is, but then I have ideas on how to actually do the step. We're going inception here. So number four is encourage creativity, creative, encourage it as much as possible. Problem solving often requires a bit of abstract thinking as logical, straightforward problems can be solved without much of an issue, but there's lots of ways to encourage creativity throughout the office. And I found this other article, a lot of them were already doing, but some of the things I think could be helpful. And it's just a reminder to those of you who are maybe like asking questions like, should I do unlimited PTO? Should I do a four day work week? How do I structure benefits? Like this is the conversation I think that our culture and our team structure really supports creativity in this way. Allow flexible work schedules, encourage breaks, listen to new ideas, fill your workplace with sensory experiences. So I want to come back to that one and facilitate a team mentality. The sensory experience, obviously, we are all virtual. It's very hard, but it could be instead encouraged and given ideas to people on how to create their space to thrive. Yeah, I think so much of this comes down to you may not always have the tools to do it internally, and that's okay. But like giving your team the time to do the thing that's going to help them recharge in their own mm-hmm. way, I think is a critical piece of this. Eventually, I would love to also have it be part of a central part of the company too. But when your team is small and they all have very unique ways that help them, quote unquote, feel better or feel more creative, it's hard to be like, let's have a team Zoom and all paint. Like some of our <laughs> team would love that. And some of our team would be like, what are we doing? 
I'm dying inside. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, so the next step kind of align with what you were just sharing, provide ample resources. And so not just resources as in funds, but like, do you have the systems and processes in place to support even running with this idea or your team member gathering the information needed for this idea? So speaking as a generator, I know I'm going to need analytics, data, reporting of some kind for me to kind of base my idea baseline off of. So if we didn't have Google Analytics set up for some reason, or the analytics on our website we never looked at, or sales we weren't tracking, I would feel very at a loss on how to come up with something that I felt was strategic and worthwhile. So make sure that you're actually, you have the information hub for your team to rely on in order to frame up their idea. Well, and I definitely think this could be an issue if you haven't prioritized those things in the past, because you don't always need them then. A lot of this is being able to come back to historical information. And so I think including that debrief, even if you don't have a software system that's going to count the things is such a critical part of this. But eventually building in some things that are always tracking, like like Google Analytics, like a proper, if nothing else, guys, like actual good books, like accounting. Like I can't describe to you how sad it makes me when I look at a PL that has no rhyme or reason to it other than like it's something that someone can run taxes through. It's like, what's the point of doing all of this work to do taxes when I rely on it literally every day to look at historical sales information and even expenses from the past? Okay. So number six is facilitate team brainstorming. And I think this is something that I'd love to integrate more often on a more routine basis next year. We've done this a couple times where like in leadership, we'll come up with like a topic that needs to be discussed. And we kind of just take three to five minutes. We're all quiet. We're all in the same room together and we're all just jotting down bullet this was points. Incredibly helpful with yep. an exercise we just did. We are prioritizing, revising our services contract going into the new year. And could I have spent two hours doing a bunch of research and like figuring out what I think I need to talk to a lawyer about? Sure. Getting five people in the room and spending 10 minutes on it saved me literal hours. And I think we could do this more often and more strategically with different departments, different ideas, different projects, everything. Okay. So the last one, it's simple, yet it's effective appreciate new ideas in your body language, in your attitude, in your tone, in your response, in your rewards, everything. It's one thing to say you want your team to come up with an idea and it's another to fully lean into thanking them and showing that they did on some level go above and beyond their expectations. This is is, I think for me, the area I need to work on the most. Agree. I agree. If it's saying if like both, not yes, you need to work on it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and part of it is when you control the resources for so long, including time, money, the plan, implementing yeah. the plan, all yeah. of the things, it's really easy to, in my opinion, get overwhelmed by new ideas because you're like, well, who's going to make the plan and who's going to come up with the solution and who's project managing this and like mm-hmm. love the new idea, but damn, like I, I'm worried about every other step beyond that. Mm-hmm. And 
what I am still not fully grasping yet, because we do have an incredible team, is there are absolutely things that I could have no play in the rest of the plan and it would still get accomplished. And my brain has not cut up to that reality yet. And so I tend to judge new ideas more harshly because I'm thinking about how it impacts yeah. oh, everything you role. are going to need to do. Yeah. 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 I need to stop looking at ideas like that because that's not how. Oh, well, it and I think a perfect work. example, just to give you guys, because I know exactly what you're talking about that happened recently where we wanted to, we were brainstorming. I mean, I'll just share it with you. It's closed at this time, but <laughs> reach out to us. Higher level mastermind for founders and CEOs who are wanting to shift from, I feel like as a micro marketing boutique to more of a full-blown agency with a team, with growth, with sustainability for folks who are in the marketing space. And so we were trying to find out when is the best time to kind of fill this January is a great time to start off a program like that. Oh my gosh, we were talking about it in the middle of November though. Here we already are. What steps need to happen? And I was like, oh, my goal is to send our first email next week because I want two weeks to be open here. I want this to happen here. And Abby immediately was like, ah, like, I don't think so. I think that's so unrealistic. And what's so funny is that within this project, what I want us collectively as a team and all of you guys to remember is that I don't need you to play the CEO in that moment. I don't even need to play the CEO in that moment. I need you to play your role that you play in the sales department in that moment. And I needed to play my marketing and messaging hat, right? When you are multiple roles in your business, it's really easy to get caught up in a moment like that and like like show up in a different role than the one you need to be showing up in. Yeah. But in the reality, like, girl, I don't need you until this is done. So like literally stop talking. I'm going to do this part. Kate's going to do this part. Miranda's going to do this yeah. part. And then once you have people to have a conversation with, you can step into this, but mind your own business. <laughs> it was just a funny, like there was no like pushback literally at all. It was just like, a, oh my gosh, but that's, that's it right there. It's just different. It's a yeah. different mentality to think about. Okay, I'm not showing up in project managing the whole thing. I'm right. not showing up. You're in, not designing it. You're no, not. I'm <laughs> all I'm doing is talking to people. You're going to give your, your a little bit of opinion at the top, and then you're going to go away, and then you're going to talk to people. <laughs> I can do that. Yes. 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 So I really want us collectively, it is my goal, it is our passion for y'all as you're starting to hire more and to grow. I know even with a lot of resources and learning a lot from the logistical kind of like HR side of how to do teams, we have fudged this up a lot and have learned a lot of lessons. And I know it can be and feel overwhelming to expand and to know that you're in the spot of the lever that you have to pull is to grow a team. And I think that one of the biggest wake up calls I had was how drastic my role would shift as we grew and the new skills that I needed to learn in order for my team to be more efficient. So my business could see even bigger results. And if I would just want to be a sounding board for you in that journey because I just don't feel like I know that there are not a lot of resources out there for businesses in this realm, right? There's either corporate America or here's how to start a business. And that middle sustaining so realm. frustrating that it doesn't exist. We're going to be it for you. We're going to fudge yeah. it up and learn our lessons and then come back to you and be like, okay, friends. Okay, friends. <laughs> <laughs> so stay hanging out. 
ask your questions truly. Like we get ideas from y'all too. So if there's a deeper version of this conversation, a different angle of this conversation, a question you have about it, please send us a DM over at Boss Project on Instagram. Let us know, like phone in your question, email us, DM us, whatever. And I want to help be the resource for y'all as you're scaling and you're growing. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.